Welcome back to yet another episode of The Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller, North by Northwest. One minute of screen time per episode. And once again, I'm your host, Sean German. And with me again is... Brian German. Welcome back, Brian. And once again, we have a very special co-host. It's Travis Bowe. Hey, guys. How's it going? All right. Pretty good. Welcome back, uh, both of you. Welcome back, listeners, for Minute 98. Uh, Minute 98, we continue. We get the walk and talk as the professor leads Thornhill to his awaiting aircraft. And we get get a little bit of exposition on what do we know, what we don't know, what's going on. I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we wrapped up last minute. 97 finished up with, with Thornhill saying, you know, who the heck are, are you police, you FBI, what's going on? And the professor saying FBI, CIA, ONI, alphabet soup, it's all the same. <laughs> cool line. Great line. Yeah, good line. Yeah. Well, it, and I like it because you kind of say without saying so, because the professor never says which one of those organizations no. he is with or which one he is not with. He just says, that's eh, kind of all the same. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We never do find out, right? What it is. <laughs> Maybe eventually. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know that we do. But that's the uh, beauty of it. We don't need we don't even need to know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to know. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to look up ONI. Um Yeah. Uh, those weren't that those weren't letters I was familiar with as far as a government agency. Mhm. It and what did you mind. find? Uh, I found the Office of Naval Intelligence. Right. So, uh, initially I looked up ONI and found, you know, I, I knew of Oni Press Comics. <laughs> I was familiar with the, with that, um, but uh, but hadn't hadn't uh, really heard of Oni. I, mean, I think I've I've recognized Office of Naval Intelligence once I once I saw that. But um, I guess they're the oldest uh, intelligence community in in the country. They were founded in 1882. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of going back to what we were talking about yesterday of like what agency this guy could have been working for, you know, prior to, to 1959, you know, when he was a younger man, like he could have been with ONI. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. And I had to do a little research myself just to find out who that was. I think if this was made these days, th- that line, it might say NSA yeah, instead mm-hmm. of, N- you know, as just an example of that, you know, government intelligent agency, um, alphabet soup. I don't know if it would have been more familiar to folks in the fifties, or maybe that was the point to say this, this is just supposed to be a garble of letters that, that people don't understand just to add to the mystery of this, of this character who doesn't even really have a, a proper name. Mm-hmm. You know, we've just been calling him the professor. And it keeps the, the air of suspense and the vagueness is nice just to keep it like, Oh, you know, I'm, i Maybe I work for one of those organizations, but uh, that's not important. You know, what's right, important is getting you going. onto this plane, you know, yeah. continuing your journey. Although I think it is important in terms of, well, like the mission and the purpose of those organizations. And mm-hmm. I know I, I don't know a ton about the about ONI, kind of only just what I read on, on Wikipedia. But, for example, I know the CIA, they're really not supposed to be messing around within the U S or with right. U S citizens, like they're right. foreign intelligence. They're 
I know kind of spy is, is a broad brush, but they're basically spying on other countries. They're not supposed to be spying in the U.S. That's right. more of an FBI thing. Mm-hmm. But I guess in this case, so the, you know, the Van Dams of the world don't really respect borders. So in this case, mm-hmm. if it's, if it is sort of a, a, a spy ring or people that are trafficking in, in intelligence and secrets and they're working across borders, then you need, uh, you need an agency that kind of has that tr- cross-border ability as well. And that maybe that's where kind of the, the letter of the law would kind of handcuff or, um, you know, restrict um, a, a body like the CIA or the FBI saying, well, we've got to do a handoff when these guys cross borders or, or something like that. But kind of yeah, working behind the scenes a bit. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, that's just one of, there's like, there's like, there's a few lines this minute that like, I thought were interesting. There's that, you know, when, when the professor kind of never says, just throws out a bunch of acronyms or initializations and never says who he is, who he isn't. And then the next bit is he, when he says, well, we never, we never interfere with the police, (laughs) you know, (laughs) until they do basically. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I like, I like his line about it. How does he put it? Like, if it's not necessary and then he instantly like the next beat is it became necessary. It, yeah. Yeah. Well, again, right. it's, it's not a rule till it's a rule until it's not. Yeah. Right. As uh, we always say, Sean, mm-hmm. that's yeah. One of my favorite things Cause you know, they, if you have the power to make a rule, then you have the power to change the rule. So it's basically, yeah, we don't, we don't interfere. Right. It, like you said, it, until it becomes necessary and it has become necessary. But that does it does up the um, the stakes, which is cool. You know, the, it's like you're watching, and the police who you like I've mentioned in previous minutes, the police. Okay, that's the authority, and then somebody comes over and tells them what to do. Mm-hmm. So now you get you get a little bit higher stakes situation. And then with his uh, scene here, you see, yeah, we don't really do things until we need to. So you, go, oh, this is important. You know, something's going on here. Right. I mean, if we if we. If we believe him, if we believe the professor, right. then he is saying this is extraordinary circumstances that is causing us to take extraordinary measures. Right. So we oh. watch, watching as an audience, it's like, okay, well, what's what's happening here? This is very serious. Apparently. And meanwhile, it's like you have Roger who is, I guess, coming to grips with finding out that that they've known he's innocent the entire time. He's been chased by police. He's been run down by a plane, you know, driven halfway across the country to clear his name on this crazy, you know, adventure mm-hmm. of mistaken identity. And to the professor, it's all just, oh, well, we we could have interfered, but we didn't. So yeah. It's, it's, it's so – he would. He's not as mad as I thought he would be from something mm. like that. I think he's he's kind of developed this thicker skin and and this ability to roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. Like earlier, I guess we didn't really comment on it last minute when he asked the the police if you know while they're waiting, they don't know how long they're going to be waiting for for the professor. But he asks mm-hmm. if he can sit down. He's been running all day, and he basically literally means you know the last couple of days he's just been being being chased nonstop. So. Uh, right. Cause this is all, this is still the, that the, like the plane 
I don't know if it's really a chase, but like is, is, you know, getting shot out by that plane in the middle of nowhere and then the bus ride back to Chicago and getting cleaned up and then the auction and then the police. And this is all the same day. And now this, you know, this wacko, this nut in his hat is whisking me off onto a plane and he's sending me to (laughs) sending me to South Dakota, you know, (laughs) can this poor Mr. Thornhill just sit down for a minute and get a rest? At least yeah. now he – well, again, if we all believe him, at least now he's kind of sees what's happening. He's got, he does have a little more insight after this conversation. Well, and he kind of learns what – I mean, he already knows how that Van Damme is the – what is connected with all this. But mm-hmm. then to hear, to hear the professor mention Van Damme, that, that stops him – stops Roger in his tracks. I mean, they literally stop this, this walk and talk and, and – didn't really have a point there, I guess. But yeah, and again, it's it it's one of the things that I'm not sure if it bugs me about this film. I'm not sure if it's good or bad. Is how cagey, kind of the professor, mainly the professor, but his cohorts about what they know and what they don't know, because presumably the whole setup, this the George Kaplan fake man thing, was supposedly to draw out Van Damme because there's so much they don't know. And then when Thornhill kind of falls into this role where he gets mistaken for Kaplan and they let it go on to be like, Oh, he can be, you know, he can be the bait. Let's see what he draws out. Because again, there's, you know, we're, we're spying, we're trying to find information. There's so much we don't know, but then everything now is like, Oh, you know, what about, you know, yeah. What about Eve or, or Miss Kendall? That they say here. It's like, oh, we know all about her. And we know all about, oh, we know about Van Damme. And we know about his place in South Dakota. And, like, they seem to know a lot for people that are supposed to not know so much. Was yeah. that, Am I the only one who got that impression? Well, mm. see, I don't know. It seemed like they that was what they did, that that was their job was to know. It's like he's being – they. He was thrust into all this. They knew what was happening. And now they're giving him like the final leg of, of what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. I thought they I thought they should have known. I thought they did. I mm-hmm. thought that would make sense that they knew. Okay. It's like they've been pulling the strings for, for behind the scenes. I like uh, but- like when Rogers says, you know, and that treacherous little tramp. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh I like the word tramp. It's it's not a word that really has really stuck around, you know, but mm-hmm. it basically I think means means slut these days, but uh tramp just sounds so much better. Yeah. Don't hear much tramp anymore. Yeah, I don't think you hear that at all. And it does it like show a little bit of feeling on his part because yeah. like so it's not it wasn't just sort of a a, a one night stand. You know, their their dalliance on the train. Because he, you know, that there's some emotion that he, it, it, I like, I sense from that line that yeah, he got like his feelings were hurt when he found out. Oh, definitely. That was just, oh, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. all part of He's a plan. Wounded. She, she was sent to seduce him. It wasn't, um, you know. Yeah, he he was he yeah. he likes her. He's upset by it for sure. Yeah. Well, interesting how how they're going to end up. I wonder, like, if well, maybe she might agree. Like, if if she learned later the way he's talking about her here, she might be like, yeah, you know, I was with, I was with Van Damme and I kind of set you up and I was being a little trampy. (laughs) She may not object to, uh, (laughs) I was yet, but 
treacherous little tramp. That's a nice little. Yeah, yeah that's a that's uh, a good line. And yeah, they, when they're walking here, doesn't it, it? It almost looks like it's it's fake. It almost looks like a green screen. Yeah, yeah, little rear projection. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 hard to tell. But what do you guys think? You think they were walking for real, or you think it's it's projection? I'm gonna say I think they're. I think it's a real location. It just only kinda, because um, when it eventually cuts and takes us to another angle, like it, it still seems like they're for real on a on some tarmac around some mm-hmm. planes. But I, I guess it, it's not impossible if it's this is all being done um, with rear projection. Just has that, that just a slight look. Yeah, hmm. like they're lit really well, right? Like, compared to yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because sometimes, yeah, and I, I, I admit I haven't done any research into the filming locations for these minutes, but sometimes when you're on location, you can get that sort of feeling just because of the lighting that to have, you know, they're they're outside on the the tarmac or the runway, they're walking out to the plane and it's nighttime, but you want to be able to see your actors, so they have to be lit up. Um, you know, we talked about a little bit, I guess it would have been last week when they're in the police car or earlier this week, or both, um, that they're all lit up like, you know, normally if you're driving in a car at night, the the people inside the car are dark, but you generally don't want that to film. So it may be, yeah, and then as they flip from the viewpoint, the looking at the professor, looking at um, Thornhill, the two-shot with the both of them, the the background is very consistent. So either – you know, either they're on location or if it is sort of in front of it, if it's rear projection, it's, it's really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, yeah, it, it could probably, I would, I would side with on location, particularly with everything being consistent with what we saw of the lobby or the terminal when they walk through, it all seems very connected in a very real space. Yeah. And it just kind of feels a little bit off just because you have your actors um, lit up at night. Mm-hmm. I I th- I think if you were to stitch uh, last minute and this one back together, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a cut between them exiting the terminal and walking onto the tarmac. Uh, that's a good question. I think you're right. I don't think it, there is because it almost if I yeah if I if I replayed the the end of that minute, I I think it's a it's a steady shot from them leaving uh, coming out those doors and walking walking to where they end up at the end of this minute so yeah it is now there are some cuts just because we get a, a different viewpoints but yeah the, yeah the the shot of the two of them walking it goes from i think it's maybe the last 10 seconds of 97 when they come through the doors then through the first half of this minute yeah maybe 40 seconds before we get any cut. Actually, and there's um, there's a note in the shooting script uh, at the beginning of the scene that says, the following scene will be played out in a fast-moving dolly shot as the <laughs> professor escorts Thornhill away from the police through the terminal, along the ramp, through a gate, and across the field towards a waiting passenger plane. Um, now, obviously, we, we didn't get that whole sequence in one shot. But yeah, once they come through that door... Um, onto, or I guess exiting the terminal onto the field. Yeah, there's a good seconds, yeah. uh, maybe longer. Of, of That's like one continuous shot of them walking outside. 
Yeah, they're they're very economical with their shots and and with the editing here because it's basically a, it, from the time he gets out of the police car, mm-hmm. it feels like this has been one continuous shot. I mean, the edits are not so severe that it feels like you're jumping uh, very far. So it it has the feel of a, a one continuous take. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Definitely. really, and, and that again goes to like. It's simple storytelling that is really clean and gives you exactly what you need. Yes. And I like how they talk about the future, about where he's going, what they're going to do. <laughs> well, it's I like nice. a little setup. So you, you, you see what's happening. You, you, you know what he, what his objectives are. It's nice. Like you said, I mean, clean and, and you, you see what needs to be done. Yeah. It's, it's a nice little yeah exposition for us. And it, in, in a natural way, it makes sense that, that Thornhill would ask where he's going. And then it would make sense that the professor would correct him. Say it's not, you know, is it, is it going to be New York or DC? None of the above. South Dakota. South. (laughs) (laughs) Which I guess kind of makes sense in terms of if you're, yeah, if you were trying to sneak out of the country, kind of New York, LA, uh, San Francisco, Miami, those are like major port cities, like major, those are the like kind of you know big city where people are coming in and out. There's also there are going to be a lot of eyes. Whereas if you're in South Dakota and I guess you go through Canada to wherever's next, you're more likely to to get on sneak away unnoticed. Maybe yeah, definitely yeah. fewer people, no eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go wherever you want. Who's looking for spies in South Dakota? <laughs> <laughs> Other. But I, and then it just sometimes Thornhill is so I guess like practical and literal and direct when the professor says, "Oh, you know, but they're, so they're going to Rapid City. Why Rapid City? Well, it's near Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I've seen Mount Rushmore. It's like <laughs> he's like t- you know he's like talking with his travel agent on where to yeah, go to yeah. where to go on vacation next. Oh well, I've been there. I've seen it. So why are we going there? Right. <laughs> Like we're not going there for you to sightsee. So whether you've been there before or not, it's not really play into it. But I like. I, I just, mean, again, I, he is very cool, calm, and collect. As I think I've been saying through this whole movie, mm-hmm. for an ad man, right? Now, whether that's you know realistic, whether it bothers you, is he too cool and too collected, or do you like <laughs> Cary Grant's movies? You know what? It works. I'll say mm-hmm. that it works. He pulls it off. It, it, you know, he's a smart guy. And I think that comes through that he's kind of making it all string together and making it happen. Right. I mean, again, um, total recall. <laughs> throwing total it back recall. out there. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's certainly another example of that. Like, ah, oh, we're going to Mount Rushmore. I've already seen it. You already seen yeah. it. And he's like, okay, well, just he's going to go. He's going to take care of business. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we uh, we wrap up a, another cliffhanger of a line here or question. Um, so last last minute it was, so what is it you do? And the professor didn't answer. And then this minute it ends with, what does Van Damme do? Mm-hmm. Oh, something. Importer, exporter. Maybe. He, well, no, no, no. It's yeah, it's here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. No, that is this minute. Yeah, so so importer, exporter. And then the question, the, the follow up is of what? And yes, that's what. Yes. Yeah. That's maybe he should. Right. Maybe you should just focus on the imports. <laughs> just the imports. <laughs> Any uh, any Seinfeld fans in the uh, in the listening oh, audience yeah. should uh, yeah no we yeah so yeah the import and the export yeah. just 
focus on the import. It got me wondering, you know, we got Van Dam as an importer exporter. Art Vandelay is an importer exporter. What is it with mm. the Dutch and importing and exporting? Ah. Like, is it just a <laughs> Is that just what they do? I mean, I I, I ended up looking, you know, to, to find with Netherlands, like what were what were are their big imports and exports and uh, their their top exports because everyone's curious: uh, refined petroleum, broadcasting equipment, crude petroleum, human or animal blood, and vaccines, and packaged medicines. And their uh, top exports. Hmm. I'm sorry, that was that was it. Yeah, exports. Their top uh, imports are crude petroleum, refined petroleum. I don't know why they're exporting if they're also importing it. Again, broadcasting equipment, same question. Office machine parts and computers. So, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. In case anyone was curious. Well, I guess it would go back to like the colonial days and – because they had a pretty good navy. Like they're on the ocean or maybe it's the North Sea. Um but yeah, so maybe that's how they got started in in the import export business when it was mm-hmm. all shipping, and now they they import and export other stuff. And it is it is interesting that he doesn't. Other than that line, you you still don't really know. You could you could you know draw a conclusion that he's doing something illegal or whatever it might be, but you never they never tell you in this minute here, mm, yeah. right? Well, they they. they, they I mean, we do get a bit of an answer to that, you know, importer, yeah. exporter of what, but I don't know if that answer is any more definite than the alphabet soup that the professor was right. talking, tossing out at the start of this minute. So um, everything's still a, a good mystery. Yeah. I mean, we can kind of piece together because we know, you know, they just came from an auction and he he did bid on this, you know, ugly little statue. So mm-hmm. we can assume that there's something, something to do with that that has something to do with this and yeah yeah when it is sort of modern in that it's not it's not the it's not like usa versus russia or Mm -hmm. east versus west it's and this is um i know jim o'kane talks about this and other hosts have talked about how this is a bit of there's there's there is a line from this sort of suspense uh, type movie and the bond films that would come out later. And one of the, one of the themes in those is the, it's really economic. Like if you look at the, the bond villains, they're, you know, well, they're, it's not ideological, but for the most part, they're in it for the money. And for the most part, they're agnostic in terms of East or West or, Mm. um, you know, the cold war Soviets versus, Europe or American democracy or capitalism. It's really about they're just, you know, they're just bad guys who are willing to hurt the world in order yeah. for their own personal gain. And, you know, Van Damme is is of that type. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this movie isn't so bad after all. <laughs> good movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty good that it came out all those many years ago. And here we are. We're still talking about it one minute at a time. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, so we'll um, we'll continue to talk about it, but it sounds like that's about it for minute ninety eight. Um, so. so, Travis, one more time, tell the folks where they can find you. Oh, they can find me on my other podcast, uh, Real Comic Heroes, where we uh, we break down, we review comic book movies in 
chronological order. Uh, we started with Superman, Superman and the Mole Men from 1951. And as of this recording, we are in uh, like 1992. Uh, we just did, what did we do? just do? Uh, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Got Alien 3 coming up. So, yeah. So check that out. Just search uh, Real Comic Heroes, uh, Real with two E's. And uh, we've got a pretty good size backlog of uh, of episodes. So, yeah, definitely, folks should check that out. And Brian, where can they hear more of you? Well, with a podcast, the next scene I'm co-hosting with you, Sean. Yep. And we break down all the pop culture one scene at a time. All the pop culture, one scene at a time. Everything, Everything. all of it. And listeners, you can hear more of me back in the next minute of Hitchcock Minute. Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.